for the wedding and the planning and all of those invitations and all of the different things we had to get and all the money I had to raise and all that kind of stuff going on and on. I was so glad when the day came. Amen. Amen. I want to be ready. I want to be ready. Amen. I appreciate the Lord and I, I know that He's coming. I know that His presence is with us. I feel it. And uh, those who don't feel, I worry. I worry. You know? And uh, there's becoming more and more divide. I believe it could be just me, but it seems like I'm seeing more and more of a divide in our, our world and our surroundings and the people around us and the generations that are coming up between those who know God and those that don't know Him. And there are a bunch of folks that claim to know God, but I don't know the one they, they know because they're so different than what I read right here. But I appreciate the Lord. There's a hope for tomorrow. Do you all have hope for tomorrow? Huh? That's one of the great things about God and about Jesus. Today may be an awful day. Huh? Car may mess up. Huh? People may die. Friends may turn away from you. Family may turn their back on you. But there's always hope for a better day in Jesus Christ. Amen. And so, uh, you know, if Jesus had to somewhat turn his back on his mother and his brethren and all them. Sometimes we have to do that too. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Now, <clears throat> uh, we'll be careful here. If you got a godly mother and a godly father, you don't turn your back on them. No. You're to embrace them. Be thankful Amen. for that. But uh, but whenever you got ungodly family now that uh wants to bring in drink and gambling and all into the holidays, you know? I don't want that. Yes. Amen. 
So will you let me finish up my message from this morning? Amen. Preaching about the Advent. Preaching about the Advent. What makes the Advent special? So, here's a little question for the class this evening. What were the three things that made the Advent, this Advent time special that we were supposed to be doing? Who can remember the first one? Remember His arrival. Thank the Lord for this. What was the second thing? For His arrival into our hearts. What was the third thing that I didn't get to? His returning again. That's what we've been talking about the whole night. Amen. One way or another, we've been talking about His return. His return, the second coming of the Lord, is different than what we are looking for when we talk about the rapture. It is not the same. There are two different events. Now, they may, Lord and Son, be right there together. There may be three and a half years. There may be seven years apart. But in, when, the, uh, when you're looking over the eternity and how long time is, none of that very long. None of it. But the Lord is coming. Amen. And first, before He comes as King of the world, He's going to rapture His saints up. Amen. The graves are going to bust open. The seas are going to give up their dead. The ashes and the dust will give up their dead in Christ. Come on. We talked about that a little bit in Sunday school class this morning. The traditional way of burial for a Christian is not uh, to be... I'm not talking about... Cremated, thank you. I kept wanting to say embalmed. <laughs> Cremated. That's not God's way. But there are times I witnessed it when my grandfather, where my uncle stepped in and said he didn't want to pay for a funeral. It was a waste of money. And so they cremated my grandfather who did not want to be cremated. And so uh, things happen like that. Sometimes the enemy of our souls will want to kill us and drag us through the streets. Huh? Isn't that a horrible thing to be dragged through the streets? Can I tell you something? That corpse doesn't feel a thing. Not one thing. He's gone. All they're doing. I think it was Cromwell. They got to hating Cromwell so bad, didn't they exhume him out of the grave five or six years after he had been buried and uh, drug him through the streets and quartered him and killed him all over again just to show him how bad he was. It didn't hurt Cromwell not one bit. Huh? It is crazy. 
It's all the thought of it, you know. But I appreciate the Lord. He's coming. He's coming. So as a text, if you would turn to Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20. Revelation 20. And we're going to start with verse 1. When you have it, if you would stand with us. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit. Yeah, bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. A thousand years. And cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till, till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. And I saw thrones and they sat upon them and judgment was given them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God and which had not worshiped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their uh, foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Amen. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for the hope that we have. I thank you for the words that John penned. And every man that hath this hope purified himself. I thank you for that. I thank you for the hope that we have of your coming. Of a better day. Of the day of uh, your reign here on earth of that resurrection, Lord, we look for it and we crave it with every part of our being, Lord. And we pray, come, come quickly. I pray, Lord, that you would encourage your people here this evening. Help us anoint these feeble lips of clay. Anoint me, Lord, to be able to bring forth your word and that, Lord, it might go into our hearts and stir us. Stir us, Lord, to do exploits for you. Help us this night, we pray, in your blessed, holy, and righteous, and wonderful name, that name of Jesus, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. These scriptures really talk more about that thousand years, about Satan being bound for a thousand years. Then it talks about the the, uh, those who did not receive the mark of the beast in the forehead, how that uh, they will live and reign with Christ a thousand years here on this earth. Said, but the rest of the dead 
uh, live not again until the thousand years were finished. I know it sounds a little confusing here. This is the first resurrection, talking about the end of verse chapter 4, where it said, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Okay? And so, it also says, blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Amen. The second advent. The second advent. When we are caught up into heaven with Christ, he doesn't come all the way to this earth and put his foot on this earth again. He comes in the clouds and the trump will be sounded and the angel will say, uh, drive in your sickle and reap the harvest. Amen. The harvest of the first fruits of Jesus Christ. That's us. Amen. And uh, he comes and uh, he also, Jesus gave of the time, he talked about the uh, bride and, uh, I'm sorry, about the groom and the 12 virgins. Huh? 10. Thank you. One of the nights. Amen. Five were foolish. Five were wise. What was that door? That was that door where Jesus called us out. Amen. To come and be with Him. I'm looking forward to that time, folks. Oh, I'm tired of this old body, Brother Jackie. I'm tired of being tired and sick and sick and all that kind of stuff. I'm tired of not being able to have the energy to get up and do what I kind of want to do. Amen. Well, I go to the grocery store sometimes and I think, I'm going to cook this and I'm going to cook that. And I buy the ingredients and they're still sitting in house waiting for me to feel like cooking huh brother jackie now understands doesn't he amen he understands but the lord's coming the lord is coming amen his second advent there are bits and pieces that we can see through the scriptures of the second advent i'm sorry the second reign of uh of the Lord, the millennial reign. And so part of it we can find in Ezekiel. Uh, part of it, if I remember correctly, is over in Isaiah. There's some mention uh, throughout many of the books where you start seeing uh, where it talks about Israel uh, controlling all of the land and all that. That's talking about the millennial reign because they're not going to do it until Jesus becomes their king and leader. Amen. Amen. Then he will be given all that power. Well, no, he's got all that power. But he will have all that power to rule and reign. And so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to um, uh, Ezekiel chapter 36. And uh, we see some of the things that uh, will happen during that time. <clears throat> Let's see here. We will, let's start in verse 21. Ezekiel 
Remember, Ezekiel is writing from Babylon. He is not in Israel at that time. He is writing. He has been taken part of that crowd. He may very well have been part of that group that came when Daniel was taken out of Israel early on. But let's start in verse 21. It said, But I had pity for my holy name, which the house of Israel had profaned among the heathen, whether they went. Therefore say unto the house of Israel, Thus saith the Lord, I do not this for your sakes, O house of Israel, but for mine holy name's sake, which ye have profaned among the heathen, whither ye went. And I will sanctify my great name, which was profaned among the heathen, which ye have profaned in the midst of them. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God, when I shall be sanctified in you before their eyes. For I will take you from among the heathens and gather you out of all nations and will bring you into your own land and I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and ye shall be clean from all your filthiness and from your idols. Will I cleanse you? I know that we can say that when Israel became a nation, that was sort of that, but it's not this, because you have to read on. Verse 26, A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and will put the heart, give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues and ye shall keep my judgment and do them. And ye shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers and ye shall be my people and I will be your God. I will also save you from all your uncleanness and I will call for the corn and will increase it and lay no famine upon you. And I will multiply the fruit of the tree and the increase of the field that ye shall receive no more reproach of famine among the heathen. Then shall ye remember your own evil ways and your doings that were not good and shall loathe yourself in your own sight for your iniquity and for your abominations. Not for your sakes do I do this, saith the Lord God. Be it known unto you, be ashamed and confounded for your own ways, O house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord God, in the day that I shall have cleansed you from all iniquities, I will also cause you to dwell in the cities and in the waste uh, shall be built and the desolate land shall be tilled, whereas they, it lay in, uh, desolate in the sight of all that passed by. And they shall say, This land that was desolate is become like unto the garden, and the waste and the desolate and the ruined cities are become fenced and are inhabited. Then the heathen that are round about you shall know that I, the Lord, built the ruined places. Notice that. I, the Lord, built the ruined places and plant that which was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken it and I will do it. Thus saith the Lord God, 
I will yet for this be required by the house of Israel to do it for them. I will increase them like a flock and as a holy flock and as the flock of Jerusalem in their solemn feasts. So shall the waste cities be filled with the flocks of men and they shall know that I am the Lord. And then it goes right on into verse uh, chapter 37, the valley of dry bones, talking about He's going to raise up, amen, His people, amen, the uh, prophecy. And uh, it just goes on. There's so many things there. Yes, a lot of those things can also be seen in Israel now. But I'm going to tell you something. You know, when I went to Israel in the 80s, I was so, I was ignorant, but I was looking for this godly nation this wonderful nation. And I'm sorry, but the Israel that's there now is not the Israel we're reading about here. They have not yet come to God, but God's got to get a hold of them. And there are several other scriptures. Do you remember when it talks about the river running out from underneath uh, the throne? And how that the dead and desolate places on either side of the river were made alive to grow again. That again is talking about the millennial reign of Christ. Amen. There's other scriptures that talk about that they'll no more sin and they'll no more do things that are wicked against God. Amen. I'm looking forward to that time and I'm looking forward to that place and I want to be part of it. Amen. I want to be that part of the adopted in. Amen. Of Israel that we can be their part. Amen. Right now. I appreciate God for God is well able to do that which He's called us to do. And uh, Jesus said talking about the coming, the second advent. He said, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. John 14 and 3. And there, so there, I'm going to tell you, as you begin to read uh, through the Scriptures, you can start looking and there'll be a little glimpse of the millennial reign there, and a little glimpse of the yes. millennial reign there. When you read someplace and it just seems too far fetched, no crime, no death, huh? Where a baby is a hundred years old? That's in the Bible. That's the millennial reign. Because the sin, uh, I'm sorry, the curse that was put upon man uh, at the beginning in Genesis will be put down. Huh? You say, Brother Jeff, how? Don't ask me how. I don't know how. How will it be? I don't know how it's going to be, but I believe the Word of God and it will be so. Amen. I guess... The parts of some of the parts of the, about the millennial reign that I don't quite understand is about all the people that are having to be buried, huh? And uh, anyway, that's getting off on a little tangent. Any y'all ever read that about that, huh? Yeah. 
oh, we're not having a good burial. I hope it's them folks that, you know, we're going to be ruling and reigning over that I'll have to go bury them. Huh? You said whenever there's going to be so many corpses across this world after the Lord comes down, amen, and with the word of His mouth destroys Satan and all of His power and the Antichrist when He comes down by the There are going to be corpses all over the world. And it talks about during the millennial reign that part of it will come up and they're to put flags by them. Amen. And go find them, you know, and bury them during that time. And it's going to take a while. Read it. It's in the Scriptures. Amen. I'm looking for the Lord to come. Amen. Amen. I, I don't know about you, but I don't fear the Antichrist. I don't fear the devil. I don't fear the boogeyman. I don't fear, fear the terrorist. Amen. I don't. Amen. Now I have to be honest with you. There's some places I just don't want to go. But if God calls me, I'll go. Huh? Amen. But the Lord's coming. And so the third part about the Advent is for us not only to be thankful for Him coming, for Him coming in our hearts, but for the promise of His return. Coming again. Coming again. I believe in a God of second chances. I believe in a God of grace and of mercy. But Brother Jamie, there's coming a place to be more. No more grace and no more mercy. It happened one time before. During the great flood. Well, Brother Jeff, I don't believe that. More and more scientists are believing it. More and more coming around. More and more. Uh, just the evidence there. All they got to do is look for it. I was looking at a... I'm sorry. I'm kind of bouncing around tonight. But anyway, whenever they... They dug some of the sides of mountains and all that and some of the stuff's falling down and you find a petrified tree. You know what a petrified tree is? It's a tree that has turned to stone. It's been there for so long. Huh? And it's, it looks like it had grown through several uh, layers of, quote, time. I want to tell you something, folks. It could only be by the flood that caused all that sediment to run like that. I appreciate the Lord. I'm looking forward to His coming. I'm looking forward to His soon coming. I thank the Lord for His uh, presence we felt here tonight. Amen. I thank the Lord we can take that presence with us in earthen vessels. Amen. I don't know about you, but I try to keep as much as I can, but yet be willing to share as much as I can. There's a little secret in keeping the presence of God. Share it.
the more you share it, the more you'll get. Amen. And you ever been sharing the Word of God with somebody? And you're giving out a blessing and you can feel they're just, they're taking your strength from you. They're taking that blessing from you. They're just eating it up. But then the Lord comes by and you've got a blessing and they've got a blessing and you wonder, how did that happen? It's the loaves and the fishes. Amen. I appreciate the Lord and I appreciate what God's trying to do for us. There's a lot of places and I, I just have to be honest with you. In different places in my Bible, I've got written millennial reign. i got a little arrow pointing down, coming down to a verse. Yeah. And i got a bunch of verses in, in, in there talking about Israel, true Israel, how to be Israel, uh, how to know Christ about backsliding the first resurrection, the second resurrection. I got notes and notes and notes and notes and notes. Brother Ron, I never did write down much on the millennial reign. I got to go back and start marking all the places for the millennial reign. Did you know there are people today? Come on up here. I'm been there. Uh, there are people today that do not believe in the millennial reign. Are they what they call amillennial? No, that's after. I don't know. Anyway, I can tell you this much, Brother Jackie, I'm not one of them. I came across a holiness brother that told me, he said he didn't believe in the millennial reign of Christ. An older brother, he was a good brother too. And I just couldn't. And so I went and got that scripture I read from Revelations and read it to him, you know, and all. I want to tell you, sometimes when somebody gets settled on something, it's hard for them ever to change. Amen. I always want to be open Amen. to allow the Word of God to teach me and to fix me. His word never changes. But I might get it wrong. Hello? You might get it wrong. Let's be willing to say, I was wrong. Um, while they're getting that song, I'm reminded of several different preachers that were amongst us through the years. One particular preacher that he was so famous amongst the holiness people. And he was raised and taught the truth. And I remember Teresa and I lived up in Illinois at that particular time. That part of Illinois didn't get many holiness preachers coming through. And we heard that he was down toward Granite City, which is at the very, it's still about four hours from where we lived at. And so we drove down there to hear him preach some. He was at Brother Greaves Church. Uh, and uh, anyway, he was a great man in the 
end times. So we went down there and Brother Greaves asked me something very simple. And I was able to flip over to Matthew and show them it's a controversial issue to those who want to find controversy. It's about double marriage. That evangelist had been preaching the way he'd been taught the Word of God for so many years. He used to also preach that somebody, uh, they couldn't be blessed by God in that, which we don't believe. But when there was a one that had come to the altar and was praying, prayed through to the baptism of the Holy Ghost, So, preacher came to him a little later on and said, I didn't think you'd think a man like that could receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Huh? And he said, uh, yeah, that's the way I believe. He said, well, he's been married two or three times. You know, when somebody brings you what looks like a fact, that doesn't change the Word of God. I personally believe that in one service, a person can get everything right with God. How about you? Huh? I believe that God can help people who are messed up like that. I, there are certain denominations right now that are messing up people all over the place. Tell them it's all right. You can do that. Get themselves all messed up. Well, God can still help. God can still move. We're all going to have to come to the truth. We're all going to have to... But instead of coming to the truth and saying, well, I didn't think that could happen. But the Word of God's still true about that subject. He changed his subject, his beliefs. Don't do that. Huh? Don't do that. Well, I don't believe in once saved, always saved. Don't end up coming back around thinking, well, I think I can see once saved, always. Come on. Just because there's some a few good people in the Baptist church and in the Methodist church, other churches around, doesn't change the Word of God. Amen. Can you be saved? I don't know how I got into all this. I'm up to my neck now. Huh? Can people be saved not knowing the full truth of the Word of God? Yes, they can. Yes, they can. He that believeth, the Lord will save them. 
They don't have to know about sanctification. They don't have to know about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They don't have to know the do's and the don'ts throughout the Scripture. All they need to know is that they're lost and going to a devil's hell and that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen. When a person gets saved, let God teach them and bring them along to where they need to be. Amen. Sometimes we try to rush them along. Sometimes we try to act like the Holy Ghost giving them a conviction or saying, oh, don't you be careful when God teaches a saint how to be a saint, it'll stick. They may turn back, but always be that stick in their heart that they'll never forget what God had told them. Doesn't matter how much they justify themselves. It won't matter. But he'll be there. All that was free. That was extra. Hope you still love me. I want you to make heaven your home. Amen. So come. Let's gather around this altar and let's ask the Lord to help us. I want to see him coming. There's a city of light where the and the sea never sets in In the Bible we're told that the streets are pure and the cool gentle river runs Oh, yeah. 